You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. That one you're dedicated to all the bicycle riders, seen? Bicycle rider, bicycle rider. Good morning and welcome to this week's uh, long weekend edition of the Yarra Bicycle Users Group radio program for, what is it today, Steve? I keep on forgetting the date. It's it, see, the 8th? 8th. The 8th of June. It must got be it, the 8th. Got it right. So there, it's Steve in the studio with us today for our special Radiothon edition as well. Yes, I haven't been in the studio for quite a while. Public holidays, what a concept. Yeah, especially in your line of work. Um, anyway, we'll just let you know that Yarra Bicycle Users Group is a show about cycling and, and uh, probably sustainable transport issues. And we're um, broadcasting from 3CR, 8.55am and digital from Melbourne, Victoria. Steve, what have you been up to? Well, there's been too much of this work thing that's been keeping me out of the studio on a Monday. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's good to be back. Um, it sort of hasn't changed. It's spooky. It's uh, but it's radiothon. Yeah, but what do you think? What's happening next door? Something's happened next door. They've removed the whole building and making a hole in the ground. Yeah. So we're all about radiothon. So what could you tell us? What's so fabulous about subscribing to Three CR and especially pledging to Yarrabug Radio? Well, we need your support. So stick your hand down the back of the couch, rattle that piggy bank. It's a good time to support 3CR in the Radiothon target. Yeah. 1st to the 14th of June. We've got a big target for the whole station and a target for our little part of it. So basically, radio. yeah. So like, um, donate or subscribe, and make sure that your pledge goes towards us. Yeah. Because you know we've got to make a target to help three um, three CR stay on air. That's right. You can call nine four one nine eight three double seven. You can go to all the w's three cr dot org dot au, and you can come into the studio, and you can hand over a large bag of coins. It all helps. That's good. And on today's program, we should get into the actual program. We did a uh, interview with Sarah Imms uh, from Velo Aporte, pronouncing that correctly. And it's um, a fabulous little interview, or actually, it's probably main bulk of the show today, which is about riding and being staying stylish, and also the ability to ride with kids and increased degree of difficulty in Sydney. Surrey Hills to be precise. So we're reaching those transport sort of um, issues and uh, experiences out to another city. Yeah, because yeah, Surrey Hills goes up and down a bit, doesn't it? Well, Sydney does in general compared yeah. to Melbourne. we got long, low hills sort of. Yeah, yeah, lots of short, sharp sort of things, challenges in Sydney. And as you seem to um, reiterate over and over again, frenetic traffic and and pace of everything in Sydney. What is it about that? It's a bit mad up there. <laughs> um, some, mad yeah, up there. Bit mad. No, actually, it's a, you know, it's, a, it's Australia's biggest city and it's concentrated, it's hemmed in by its geog- geographic location. And this week they're going through, well, I should say they've been going through this as well, similar to what we had down here with East West Link, 
Um, housing acquisitions up there for West Connects. Someone's got a stupid idea to build another urban freeway project. Yeah, which uh, keeps um, us locked into uh, car dependency instead of looking at broader transport solutions. And yes, obviously a whole bunch of people in New South Wales got stupid ideas about these, or sorry, um, not particularly mature ideas because... Concentrating on roads is so last, yeah, you know, it's just so last Thursday it hurts, doesn't it? Oh, sorry. Well, <laughs> yeah, it's a 20th century solution to a uh, to a problem. Um, there was a great uh, little article floated across the media's about um, some freeway widening in Texas, where they increased a freeway and they ended up with 23 lanes of freeway from their previous, I don't know, stupid amount of like 13 or 8 or something. And it created a huge traffic problem. So this whole thing of you got to increase this road capacity, what it does, folks, it fills up with motor vehicles. Yes, induced, tr- induced demand. What's it? Is it the Downs... Thompson Paradox is getting into a little bit of transport nerdery there. But um, there was a really good uh, um, kind of roundtable forum discussion last week on Radio National with Uncle Phil um, on Late Night Not Live. And they had um, Michelle Zebot, who most people would know is a kind of transport modelling kind of expert sort of person. And if you can look that up, it was a really good thing about uh, sustainable transport and what we should be actually doing for Australian cities because there's a lot of us crammed into not much space. Yes, we've got to get the alternative transport options up there, boosted, funded, mm. etc. But coming back to 3CR, one hour of radio costs $90 to make. Have a think about that. So what we're about... $45, but we've got, you know, and that's that's a bargain for what you're getting here today. That's right. Um, and also, you know, uh, I haven't got it in front of me, but uh, we'll go through what you can subscribe to and all the different things, or most of some of the different things are happening for Radiothon. We're going to take a break and we're going to get into the interview we did with Sarah Imms from Velo Aporte. Hey, this is Giordano. And this is Hugo. We're from Juice Rap News. And also proud supporters of 3CR. We're here on the 3CR Radiothon to introduce a special message from our host, Robert Foster, broadcasting from thejuicemedia.com. Hello, Radiothon listeners. Good day to you, mates. This is Juice Rap News on your radio waves. I'm Robert Foster in the frame with an aim to debate whether you should donate to this radio station today with a special guest to enter the fray with his reaction. The Pentagon's venerable General Baxter. General, what's your opinion of the relevant factors? Should Melbourne residents become 3CR benefactors? Robert, ever since 1976, when 3CR first began its transmissions, it's been on a mad mission of dangerous dissent and activism. A thorn in the side of our media monopolism. So anyone thinking of donating tonight should be aware of what this type of station incites. Dangerous heights of free thinking of bypassing the corporate press. Worldwide streaming through the force of the internet. So don't donate. That's the message. Calling 94 
1-9-8-3-7-7 is rebellion. Come on, fellow Aussie true blue patriots. You don't want your nation to lose its U.S. imperial status. All right, well, thanks, General, for elucidating a list of the effects of people donating to this station. Dear listeners, in a world of media monopolists, most of the voices we hear are in the pocket of corporate sponsorship. And true community broadcast is increasingly rare, so your support for 3CR serves to keep it on air. Call 94198377 and keep your radio on. This is Robert Foster from thejuicemedia.com on the 3CR Radiothon. Sarah M. I have a blog called Velo à Portée, and I'm based in Sydney. Coming to Melbourne this weekend for the Queen's birthday long weekend. I thought I would come and meet a lot of cycling people because there's a lot of great cycling happening here in Victoria. And uh, any any observations what you've noticed in Melbourne so far? Oh, the the cycle lane is wider than uh, in Sydney, significantly so. And um, um, Stephen and I were, were riding back from, um, ah, from Abbotsford. We were coming from Abbotsford, yes. And uh, I picked up a, a bicycle from one of the bicycle shops there. And um, that struck me instantly that the, the, the cycle path is so much wider than it is in Sydney. And the cars were calmer. There, there was not this kind of riding up the back of my, wheel, my rear, rear wheel and they just kind of let you go. And you'd notice it's kind of like a little bit more quieter down here? Or? It is quieter down here, yes, definitely. I mean, I think the, the, the difference is is um, immediate because I'm usually cycling from Surrey Hills, which is an inner city suburb, into the city most days. And I decided I'd stay in North Fitzroy this time, close to my friend Stephen. And um, it is definitely much calmer. Surrey Hills, what's it like riding around? It's very hilly, as you would expect from the name. And um, I do most of the riding in Surrey Hills on my tricycle. I have a Nihola, which has an electric conversion. And um, I take my kids to school and to childcare. So it's, uh, you know, it's, it's gotten better because the, the cycleways have cycleway, which is, um, one of the main main roads that we take, and uh, then I switch um, bicycles after dropping my kids off to now that it's winter my push bike and I ride into the city. So it's varied, varied. Can I explain what uh, how you set yourself up for commuting? Because a lot of people would have the perspective of you've got to be you know, some rugged individual and use all this different type of gear. How, how do you prepare? Um, well, I'm, I'm naturally pretty lazy, so I just want to take the, less amount, the, the least amount of effort possible to, to commute into work every day. Um, so what I've done is in the spring and summer I use an e-bike because I, I don't have change facilities and I don't want to have to pack a bag or anything. And so I just help them, I just use the motor um, which helps me to get up the hills a little bit faster. I mean, I still sweat a little bit, but it's not that much. And then now that we've gone into winter, um, I'm using push bike, and 
the winter, you know, the temperature keeps me cooler. So I have a, a special bag um, that's specifically designed as like a pannier bag, and it looks lovely as well. Um, and I just put what I need in there, and I put it on my back rack. And after I drop my kids off, I just ride it to work. So it's very, very simply set up, and you, you're very stylish, and you're very, you know, kind of like business attire that you yes. wear. Yes. So you're not going in for the Gore-Tex and the Lycra and the clip-in shoes? Not to go to work, no, because again, I'm lazy. I don't want to have to change clothes, I don't want to have to carry extra gear, and um, Lycra is not very forgiving. It, it, it highlights all of the things that you want to hide, and I think a dress actually uh, covers up those imperfections that we all have. So pretty much wear your like, um, business attire and okay the shoes what type of shoes do you prefer to wear on a bike I like wearing heels because um, they look really stylish I wear a kind of shoe that um, it's called geox and basically they have a breathable sole um, sometimes the heels that I have are two and a half to three inches high but with the breathable sole, is a, it's, it's a rubber sole, and so it's possible to have a good grip because, of course, I'm not using my heel to cycle on my pedal, to, to, to push my pedal down. That would be really silly. Um, but I have also found that um, any shoe um, with a, a rubber sole, and you can just go and get that done at, at any kind of shoe, shoe place, um, works really well. Creepy and the scary, got votes from the unwary, they're so unnecessary, the Abba family. They got in thanks to Rupert, their policies are stupid, they stay in, we're all rooted, the Abbott family. Well, I'm 110, I'm saying that again, we might be rooted too if we don't hear from you. They don't respect the workers, they really love to hurt us. They should be in a circus, the Abbott family. And you're listening to Yarra Bicycle Users Group Radio and Community Radio 3CR855 AM and Digital. And just going to go into the second part of the interview we did with Sarah Imms. So what would you reckon would be your optimum distance you do um, daily and how much weekly? Yeah, I think I ride um, every day somewhere between 7 to 10k, including drop-off with my kids, because that's part of the drop-off as well. <laughs> and I guess then that translates into, what, like 20, 28, like 30k 30 a week, which is, which is great. You know, I think um, in this day and age of, of trying to keep fit, and you know, having enough energy to deal with your kids, it's it's really important to, to stay fit and healthy. So that's one of the one of the ways that I just sneak in exercise instead of having to devote extra time, which I really don't have, to keeping myself fit and healthy. And that'd be quite a revelation to many people because there's an argument against, oh, you can't do this because it's seen as some rugged activity. Yes. And you've proven otherwise. Yes, because I think. I think my attitude to things is that it's like, well, why can't I do this? 
I, I have a, I have a, I don't know, I have a glass half full mentality. So it's like, well, why can't I do it? Let me see if I can try. And, and if I can do it, well, great. I mean, I'd be happy to think that on my deathbed, I said to myself, <laughs> okay, well, so I tried. Like, I tried really hard to get things to work for me. So, you know, and to die happy in that way. <laughs> so, um, the age of your children? Yes. My 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 daughter um, is eight, and my son is four. They were born on the same day, exactly four years apart. I planned that. No, I'm kidding. I did not plan that. I had no say in that. Somehow it happened. But um, yes. So you have two little kids, and yes. you managed to do this, um, Surrey Hills, Sydney. Yes. This would be a revelation to many people. It, it does seem that way. We, we seem to have become famous at school, so all of the parents who see us in the tricycle, um, you know, the, our principal has said to us, oh, yeah, everybody says, who are these people? And, you know, certainly um, on, the, on the street, um, on the psychopaths, people are constantly making comments. I would say 90% of them, probably 95% of them are, are, are positive. Then there's the odd five percent, which you know that's that's I think that's pretty good odds actually. You know, ninety-five to five. Yeah, it's pretty much normalisation. It's yes. you're seen as you're you're going about your daily activity, and it's nothing really all that extreme. It is, and and there's no magic to it really. It's all just you've applied yourself. Yes, I have, and I've I've uh, worked out uh, a safe path as well to go on the roads that are quieter. That are the back roads. You know, I, I don't. If I can avoid going up Oxford Street, um, I will. If I have to go up Oxford Street, I will. But um, you know, I, I think it's important to choose your path wisely because you don't necessarily want to be with a whole bunch of cars. If you can not be, go elsewhere. Excellent. So you started a, some online activity or the version of a blog? Yes, I have. I have my little corner of the internet, as I call it. Um, so my blog is called Velo a Porte, and I thought of the name because um, the, the blog is a, it's an intersection of fashion and cycling. And the goal of the blog is to encourage and inspire more women to cycle for lifestyle, so everyday cycling. Um, and I thought of the name because, you know, prêt-à-porter is uh, the French word for ready-to-wear and pretty much everybody knows what that means. So if you add the word vélo, which is bicycle in French, it kind of means what to wear on a bicycle. And that's what I write about. I write about fashion, I write about the how of cycling in a skirt, uh, the how, how to cycle in heels, and motherhood, and cycling with my kids, and just kind of anything that really strikes my fancy and, and, and cycling is always a part of it because that is part of my everyday. Can you tell us a story about one of the biggest hurdles that you kind of came across and how you overcame it? Just you know, riding with the kids or riding to work? Oh sure. Um, I think I think what I, I can relate is, is when I first started trying to cycle it was actually after the birth of my first, first child and she was a year, so this was about seven years ago. And I had her in the back of my, uh, my giant Elwood, just a really standard giant um, uh, hybrid. And I thought, okay, you know, I can do this. I can put her on the back and cycle into childcare, drop her off, and then go across town um, to work. 
and the first weekend that we tried that, which was the weekend before I started work again after maternity leave, was a total disaster. I was completely um, terrified of the traffic. I couldn't see what was behind me. I couldn't. I couldn't negotiate the territory. I didn't know how to ride in traffic, and I had just been riding in parks with her. So that didn't work out, and I put it to the side. I just pushed her in the pram, we walked really fast, and that was it. And what happened was, when our next child came along, I revisited the topic, because my husband said to me, are we gonna buy a car? Are we gonna have to buy a car? And I said, I don't know, do we have to buy a car? Can we avoid it somehow? And he said, well, I've been looking at the New York Times, and there have been these articles about cargo bicycles that people are using to transport their kids. So maybe we should look into that. And I said, oh, wow, okay, yeah, let's look at that. So I did a lot of research. And I found the Nihola, which has you know a, a lower center of gravity. You can put an e-motor, um, an electric motor on it to help you. And just through research, you know, I, I discovered that this could possibly work for us. And then I went to the city of Sydney cycling with confidence course, which taught me a lot about choosing your path, about cycling with intent to show. Um, motors behind you what you plan to do so you're not swerving in and out of the traffic and you know like going in between cars and stuff like this like that. that's just it's it, it, it creates this sort of um, unrealistic expectation of chaos <laughs> for cars behind you so I think you know from being completely terrified to now riding um, several different types of bicycles to get to work drop off my kids is isn't amazing and like thing that makes me really happy because I've managed to surmount this what I thought was an insurmountable My name Moraso. My name Sinead Yun. We are from Cambodian Food and Service Worker Federation. We are support 3CR Radio, the real voice of the people. Please donate money to 3CR Radios. And you're listening to Yarra Basket News Group Radio on Community Radio 3CR 855 AM and digital. And just going to go into the final part of the interview we did with Sarah Ims. Something that a lot of mums and dads, you know, and caregivers to children would love to hear. It's demystifying. Yes. Because we do throw up, and the media does throw up, Yes, a lot of obstacles to cycling that you've got to be some type of buff, uh, rugged individual. Yes. I think it's a, I don't know, it's, it's some kind of marketing for somebody out there who's perpetuated the myth of something, I think. Yeah. You know, like there's sports cycling and there's road cycling, but that's not really the way we want to go for cycling for transport. Yes. Uh, would you say that, that you could see other people in Sydney doing similar things to you? In terms of... Oh, rock riding with kids, using the inner city cycleways. There are people who do. There are, there are more parents who ride with their kids. And I have seen less comments. I have seen. I have experienced the decline in negative comments about cycling with the kids. I mean, there are still, of course, people who make comments, and there will be those people forever, basically. But um, I have seen a few more cargo bicycles with kids in them. Uh, you know, 
there's the, the, the growth of quaxing, you know, and, and going grocery shopping and, and carrying your kids and doing, you know, doing whatever you like, basically, on a bicycle. Why not? You just touched briefly upon quaxing. Now, this has lit up the internet in the last month or so, or two months. I'm not the, uh, you know, the, the genesis of this term, but um, my understanding of it is that you, on a bicycle, do your shopping, you use it for transport, you do whatever you want with it, but, but, but the key is to, I think, buy something <laughs> instead of taking your car. I think it was a New Zealand politician who came out with yes. an expression that, you know, you couldn't possibly buy or go shopping on a bike yes. or use transport other than a car. Yes. And everyone was like, so people, you know, this is for the listener, people started posting on Facebook and Twitter and social media, all the things that they do normally. Yes. So they turned, it's like it proves that no word cannot be verbed. So they turned his surname into a Yes, that's it. That's it, exactly. Out together, dancing cheek to cheek. So, yeah, so there's things like um, breaking down those stereotypical things that the media likes to throw up. Yes. Any um, special tips you have for... You know, if you want to get started, because you, know, you know, people have these little barriers they admit they set of up. Yeah. Of course. I think um, one important thing to do if you are interested in starting to cycle, especially for transport, is to create a good relationship with a bicycle store. And you might have to search for a little while to try to find the right bicycle store that fits your needs because. Not all bicycle stores are equal, and not all bicycle owners are equal, of course. So, so it, it might take a little time, but if you if you can find a place that understands what you're trying to do, and you can work with them to form a relationship to try some different bicycles, and you know, bring them back, and if it doesn't work, they'll try they'll suggest another one. I think that that is worth its weight in gold. That kind of relationship, because then your needs as well as a bicyclist change over time. You know, I think bicycling. Is, uh, is evolutionary. You, know, you, you begin to, to change, your body changes, your mentality changes, and I think if you can find um, good people to help you on that path, then everything will become easier. You know? and, and I think just, just to stay open, like, yeah, okay, if you're going to go to Target and buy the, the $200 bicycle, it will take you a certain way, you know, and then it will become difficult. So be open to other suggestions, you know, maybe spend a little bit more money for better components and better parts, which will make your ride easier and more comfortable and therefore will inspire you to cycle more, you know. So I think maybe spend a little bit more money than you expected because it will help you ultimately. Yeah, and then just be positive. Well, I think... Um, I think I'd just like to, to tell everyone that um, you know, it's entirely possible to, to bicycle every day and you don't need any special clothes or helmets or gadgetry to help you reach your destination. I think you need just a positive attitude and an open mind and talk to people. You know, try to try to try to come up with a solution that might not be readily apparent to you. Because I think certainly if I can, anyone can. The website, the, the my blog uh, web address is veloaporte.com, and I'll spell that. So velo, v-e-l-o, a, 
P-O-R-T-E-R.com. Thank you so much. It's been a bit of a pleasure. Thank you. And that was an interview we did with Sarah Imms about, about uh, Velo Aporte and a bit of help from Ella Fitzgerald. Hang on. Some bit of news and events, Steve. Yes, news and events. Well, the um, following up from the um, TAC gathering on the uh, boulevard, Yarra Boulevard, um, the guys did a rat ride. Um, the last 24 hours? last 24 hours. Almost uh, pretty much an Everest as well. 427.9 kilometres, 9,007 metres of ascent. So well done in what would have been trying conditions with the current weather. Yes. Uh, a bit of an effort and also... Um, Events this well, coming up, uh, the Bicycle Advisory Committee for the City of Yarra um, is on the 11th of June. Now that's at Fitzroy Town Hall in the Mayor's Room starting from 6.30pm. So that is a Tuesday, so uh, those issue, interested in bicycle issues in Yarra, come on down to the uh, Yarra back. Also, uh, a forum... Um, Let's get public transport back on track on the 9th of June, um, hosted by Janet Rice at the Northcote Town Hall, High Street, Northcote. Um, A uh, chance to come along and hear from experts and fellow community members join the discussion about what we can do to... do next to secure federal funding to make our trains, buses and trams and maybe bicycles work for everybody. Uh, 6pm at the Northcote Town Hall. Okay. Radiothon, kids. Radiothon. So don't forget, we need your help to activate the airwaves. Make a donation. Call 9419 or head to 3cr.org.au or come to the station and make sure you do your pledge to Yarra Bug Radio because, yeah, you don't hear this sort of news anywhere else. So, Swek should have either Val or Faith, if Faith is back from um, Japan, I'm not entirely sure. But don't forget, please subscribe. Uh, to or donate to Yarrabug Radio and we'll hear from you in about a fortnight. See ya! You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.